Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Tommy Yunulis about why consistency matters to customers and employees. Tommy Yunulis, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Well, thank you for having me, John. I appreciate it. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Colorado, south of Denver. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about why consistency matters to customers and employees. And we'll be talking about other related issues uh, connected with that, of course, as well. As we get started, I wanted to share Tommy's bio with everybody. Tommy Yunulis has been in the restaurant industry for nearly his entire adult life. He has a BSBA from the University of Denver's Hotel Restaurant School in addition to an MBA. This former stand-up comic turned SaaS founder has extensive experience helping businesses become more efficient and profitable through process, accountability, and data. He's currently the managing director at Ops Analytica, an operations analytic platform that focuses on managing and measuring daily team activities for large multi-unit businesses. He believes that the next big technology and technological disruptor event for many businesses is going to be implementing operations management software to shape the future of work and beat our competitors through better, more consistent daily operations. I think that is fantastic. Tommy, it's a pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my audience by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? Nah, you nailed it. Okay, cool. So let's talk a little bit then about framing out this idea around consistency for customers and employees. We hear a lot about employee experience. We hear a lot about uh, customer experience. Uh, We hear a lot about employee commitment and loyalty, brand loyalty from customers, et cetera. How does consistency play into that? And why is consistency so important for customers and employees? Well, let's start with the, I think the easier one, which would be the customer section, right? Consistency is the delivery of the brand promise at every location, right? You do all this marketing to get everybody to understand what your brand is and what, um, you know, what your brand is and what you can expect from the brand, right? And so that's what you're trying to do for your customers. That's a brand is just consistent execution across a lot of locations. And so when you don't have consistency for the customer, it stresses them out and they 
get irritated because they're not getting what you promised them they were going to get, right? If I'm Taco Bell and I'm like, you're going to get the crunchiest tacos ever. And then I go to certain Taco Bells and my tacos are soggy. Then I am by definition, not getting what you promised me. Right. And so then my customer satisfaction goes down. And as my customer satisfaction goes down, the lagging indicators of that are then the stores sales and profits go down. Right. So consistency from the customer's perspective is all about, are you delivering what you promised me you're going to deliver? Um, because I'm trading my money for your crunchy tacos and I want my crunchy tacos on the employee side, you know, it's interesting because I there's always like all this culture training going on, especially in the restaurant industry. It's always about culture and trying to get the employees to buy into the culture. And I've always like I, I kind of got burned on that where I was working at PF Chang's for a while and we had such a great culture on paper, but then at individual stores, it was really poorly implemented, right? So and you know, we would spend quite a bit of time in the training. I was a trainer for them at one point of, of talking about our culture and why we were different. And I've since that period of time, I've always said you should do less on culture training and just try to live the culture. And that's the best way to kind of get it over the hump to people in the business, right? Um, or culture training should be done at a shift meeting, not necessarily in, uh, on an onboarding, right? You can talk about it a little bit, but don't waste a bunch of time on it. But for employees, what they want is stability in their job, right? People want to know what to expect when they come to work. And they do, because especially like, and I'm just going back to the restaurant industry and the restaurant industry, these aren't like a lot of times aren't lifelong employees. They are just coming in to get a check. They got something else going on. They're in school. They're doing stand up comedy. You know, this is a part time thing for them. You know, so for them, they want to just have a nice, consistent experience and they want it to be as least amount of like managerial or business stress applied because the stress is coming from trying to wait tables during the rush, right? That's the stressor. So we, we have like a, an obligation if we're managing in that kind of environment to keep the, like our, our stress, like our business stress off the shoulders of those guys. So I think in both cases, uh, in the, on the customer sense, it's about delivering the brand promise. And on the employee sense, it's about trying to lower turnover, really, by keeping it very chill and being a good place to work. Yeah, I like that. And I like uh, your approach to culture. Um, I'm a big culture guy. I think culture is really important. It's a it's a foundation upon which everything else happens within the organization. But you're absolutely right. So often organizations We'll spend a lot of money. They'll bring in a consultant. They'll do a lot of kind of employer branding stuff. They'll make it all look shiny, have the posters on the wall, have a nice statement and values on the website. Um, they'll say all the right things uh, to give the facade of a really great culture, yet their lived reality of the average employee is that it's not actually that great. And yeah. actually that makes it worse because when you see all of this talk around it, but no one's walking the walk. No one's actually doing what they say they're supposed to be doing or doing what they say they value or what's important to them. That just makes people more cynical. That erodes trust rather than building trust. And ultimately it increases things like turnover, burnout, uh, frustration, et cetera. And it gives the employee an excuse to be bad. 
it, because what happens is they go, well, you said you were going to treat us all good and look, you treat us like garbage. So why should I go the extra mile and try to wow this guest? Or why should I do a good job on my side worker? Why should I try to be a great employee? Because you lied to me. And that hypocrisy, that hypocrisy, oh, that's what kills that location is that hypocrisy. And, you know, that part can be fixed by not just hiring the first warm body that comes in to apply for the job, but actually even in times of stress where you don't have the right GM or you don't have the right managers to actually take the time to find the right person versus just going, Hey, get around that corner and go into the machine gun fire. Right? Like, cause that's what kills the location. Um, and each one of these locations, it's very interesting when you talk about these large multi-location businesses Each one of them is like their own model in capitalism, right? And I also kind of look at the states are like that too. Like you have the liberal states that have high taxes. Like there's all these, we have 50 individual models at a state level of economic systems, but each store is its own economic system. And you can see the rules of capitalism and um, incentive and managerial uh, efficacy all play themselves out in each individual location, right? But yeah, that culture stuff, you got to be very careful because if you make a big deal about your culture and then you don't live it, that it's going to be bad news. Yeah. So let, let me reiterate too. I think it's really important to have these culture conversations. I believe it's really important to have that good mission and value statement on your website and integrated yeah. into the various documents and mechanisms of the organization. I do believe all of that's important. But it starts with the daily lived experience of the employees. And when that is inconsistent, that's a problem. And so start with just treat your people well, treat them with dignity and respect, Uh, treat them how you would want to be treated. Start there. And then you build uh, meaningful relationships of trust and mutual accountability with your people. And from there, you can start to have these conversations and to kind of systematize the culture. Uh, That is where I find success with culture change within organizations. If you just give lip service to it, it almost never works because it it doesn't filter down to the line level uh, for the people who are actually doing the work interfacing with the customers day to day. Absolutely. And here's the other thing too you said, Like you need to have systems and processes within your business to facilitate the living of the culture, right? So like at PF Chang's as an example, you could buy people lettuce wraps. That was the thing that we really encouraged for people to do. Oh, you've never been here before? Have you had our lettuce wraps? I'm going to buy them for you because the food cost on them was like nominal. At the time when I worked there, like 20 years ago, it was like 36 cents an order. So let's say there's 60 cents an order today, right? Nothing comparatively, because if you gave one order away, the people would be so blown away that they would come back and order them every time. And it was our highest profit margin item. And the stores that sold the most lettuce wraps had the highest profits. So, but here's the deal. A lot of people talk about that. Oh, you buy lettuce wraps. But if you don't have a process in place where the employee can go up and go, hey, I want to buy that table of lettuce wraps. And the manager doesn't go, absolutely get them for them and I'll comp it off then that's another way you can erode the culture. Like you have to have the systems in place, the processes, you have to give people the permission to live the culture that you're trying to create. 
Because that's what a lot of people do is they talk about culture and they put it in the book. But then every time the employee tries to do anything to live the culture, they get shut down. And then, boom, it, that's another way to erode that trust. And that was one thing at PF Chains that I was psyched about was that we could buy someone a dish or buy them some lettuce wraps. And it was no big deal. And, and so that allowed us to live it better. Yeah. And I, I suspect that many listening uh, have experienced that. I know I have where, yeah. you know, they say one thing I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited I'm about this mission. This problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about this mission, this culture. I'm going to go all in. And then I try to do things that are consistent with that culture. And then I get shot down, shot down, shot down, shot down. I'm like beating my head against the wall. Right. And when that happens, uh, you might, try for a while, but eventually you get to the point where you're just like, screw it. Like <laughs> it, it's not worth my time and energy to try to do something that I just know that not only am I going to get shot down, but sometimes it can actually negatively impact me in addition to that. Like I'm, I'm viewed in some negative way because I'm trying to do something that would, you know, help the, the customers and, and my boss sees that negatively somehow. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. When, when we create when we don't have the mechanisms in place, we say we want something, people then try to do it. And then they just get shot down over and over again. Even if it's because you say, well, it's policy, blah, blah, blah. Um, that has to be fixed. You have to create the mechanism, the the structure and the systems so that it can happen uh, and then empower your people to do some cool stuff. And when that happens, then the, you know, that, that consistency and employee and customer experience will manifest and you'll, you'll have really great outcomes. So I'm curious then, I know one of the things you do a lot with your work is around operational data. How does tracking operational data connect with this idea of consistency um, towards the customer and employee experience? And and what can we start to do to to better track and utilize that, that operational data? Yeah, so our platform is basically we take the guesswork out of running the location. And we do that because we create processes within our platform and we schedule them out, right? And those processes, they take the form of checklists and forms and logs and tasks and all the things that like an employee would need to do to, let's say, get the location open and get ready to service guests, right? So did you turn on the open sign? Did you turn on the music? Did you, is the bathroom clean? Did you prep everything that you need to prep? Are you clean and organized and ready to sell, right? And that's kind of what our platform does. And in sort of in today's world, that's an employee walking around with a tablet or a phone, and they're going and they're covering off on all the items on these checklists. And that's massively important because you cannot deliver a consistent experience to your customers if you aren't controlling what you need to control. And on most of these checklists, everything that's on those checklists are things that we've identified through our just longevity of experience are things that are going to negatively affect the customer. It's going to slow down speed of service. It's going to slow down quality. It's going to slow down um, cleanliness, or it's, it's not going to be clean. And we're not going to deliver that brand experience to our customers, right? So on the customer side, what we're really focusing on is making sure that the employees are controlling what they can control, right? Like we live in this insane world with all this nonsense happening, but you can still make sure your bathroom was clean and there was soap in the dispenser and paper towels. So like, and you have to, because that's a big deal to the customer who came in to wash their hands and now they don't have a paper towel, you know, that's a problem for them, right? 
And so on the customer side of things, what we're trying to do is, is make the businesses do what they're supposed to do, be better, because there's just so many details at every multi-location business. They just, they're too much for one human brain to kind of go off of paper or go off of paper or off their memory to, to solve. And so that's how we're kind of helping on the customer side is just making the businesses better and not miss little things, right? Uh, on the employee side, it's taking the guesswork out of running the business. We talked about making it calmer, making it easier, reducing the stress on the employees. Well, when you have a platform like ours, it literally just shows you this is everything you got to do today, man. Just delegate it out, work with your team to get it done, but you don't have to remember anything. Like there's nothing more stressful than you've opened the door for business and then you realize, oh crap, we didn't do something. And now everybody's in a fire drill trying to get this thing done when you've already got customers in the building, right? So we can we can alleviate that and just make it a very sort of calm experience to kind of go through and do it. And, and I do want to cover off here on one thing. Most of the issues that you get when you go to these multi-location businesses, they're not generally like the guy jumped over the counter and punched your wife in the face. It's not this horrible insanity thing that's going to make you never come back again, right? It's generally what we call like death by a thousand cuts, right? You went in and you didn't get ketchup. So now you're standing at the counter and your fries are getting cold and you don't want to interrupt the people that are in the line, but you're just trying to get some ketchup or there weren't napkins or the floor was sticky or the bathroom was dirty. And you end up, it's not like one little, one little thing going wrong would not wreck your customer satisfaction for that engagement, right? But when you have five or 10 things go wrong, you start to go, these guys just are not doing their job. And after a couple of times of going to the to that business and having a similar experience, you start to change your purchase behavior. And I was talking to somebody from walk-ons recently, and they mentioned that in their research, it used to be three to five times people would kind of have a mediocre experience before they might have decided, hey, I'm not going to go back for six months. But now because of the inflation and the economy and money being tight and things costing so much more than they used to cost, they're seeing that that could be as one, one time. You go in and you have one bad experience and you might go, eh, you know, I'm already cutting back how much I'm eating out or whatever. And I had a mediocre experience and it was really expensive. So I just, I'm not going to go and, back for a while. Yeah. And there are so many options. Uh, And, and because of all the delivery services that were kind of there before the pandemic, but now they're ubiquitous. I mean, now you literally have any option, like you can get just about anything you want delivered to you, uh, or you can go to different places or whatever. So yeah, people just aren't willing to put up with it. And I think the same thing applies to that employee experience. It's, it's death by a thousand cuts. I don't think most leaders wake up in the morning thinking, how am I going to exploit and screw over my people today? Right. Right. You know, they, they, they want to do right by their people. Uh, they want to have a good organization. They want to have a good culture, but it's just the, it's just a bunch of little things. It's usually not the huge, big things. I mean, those happen, but it's usually yeah. the little things and yeah. one little thing is not a big deal. 
two or three aren't a big deal. But when you have five, 10 of these a day, multiple days in a row for weeks on end, months on end, you start to just look around. You're like, hey, it's a tight labor market. I have skills. I am in demand. And then that's where people start to think about moving on and and turnover happens or withdrawal cognitions or whatever. And now you're just not getting your best out of your people or you're losing your best people. And it, it usually comes back to just these inconsistent um, ways that you're you're handling things and these small little problems that over time just build up and people just get fed up with it and they're not willing to put up with it because they know they have options. I've literally fired somebody. We had a mall restaurant and they walked across the hallway to the restaurant across the hall and went in and got a job. Like, like, especially in the restaurant industry, like that's never an issue. Everyone's always understaffed. So yeah, if you're a, a, a talented restaurant employee and your manager is driving you nuts, you can be, you'll have like a two to three day period where you're not making tips. You'll literally go, I can start tonight. And they will be like, go change your jeans get in here, you know, like that'll be it. So yeah, you don't have, you know, this isn't like the 19, you know, this people aren't desperate for jobs right now. I don't understand why, but they're not. Um, and so if you're not doing right by your employees, they're just going to leave. And I think one thing that I've learned more and more from having done this business and we're in our eighth year now is the importance of having great general managers and your locations, because it culture is lived at the location level. It's experienced on a daily shift basis and finding good GMs um, to manage these stores is just, if you get a good GM, you got to comp pay that guy. The You keep that person because they can make or break a location. And you see it all the time. You had a great GM, they get promoted. The assistant comes in and within three weeks, every employee is quit. And then, you know, six months later, sales are in the toilet and it only takes six months to ruin sales for three years, right? Because what's happening is, is that people are having bad experience, bad experience, bad experience. They come a couple of times. And then when it starts to show up in your sales number, they've already had so many bad experiences that they're not going to try you again for years, right? So you can take a store that was here and get them here in six months, and it'll take years to get back to where they were before just because of a managerial change, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so having this operational approach um, and tracking data and and having an operational management system can help facilitate just better consistency uh, for your business. And I know you do a lot of work around the preparing organizations for the future of work. Uh, tell yeah. Maybe we can just finish off the conversation today talking a little bit more about how these operational management systems will help lead us into the future of work and help prepare us to to add value and be competitive in the in a highly competitive interconnected global marketplace. Sure. So, you know, if you uh, if you read or listen to the adaptation advantage, they talk about, you know, AI and robots, right? And so I see the future of work, like for multi-location businesses, kind of where I specify or specialize, is, you know, you're going to have data coming in from the internet, your POS system or register, uh, our platform, robots and sensors, right? And so, and 
those are going to be your data feeds coming into your location, right? And they're going to be generating a wealth of data. And there's going to need to be a system in place that can then take that data in in real time. Hey, someone just tweeted our bathroom was dirty, right? Um, so now we caught that. It exists. We need a robot or a human to go cover off on like go do something, right? They have all this passive data coming in and then you have two forms of things, robots and people who can go check things and see if uh, we can fix what's going on, right? So that's going to be the future of multi-location management. And what we're working towards right now is becoming that platform that can accept all that data in and then go, hey, human being, go look at the bathroom or hey, robot, go drive into the bathroom and take some photos, Right. And make sure that we don't, you know, that we have paper towels and it's not dirty because someone just complained about it and doing that faster. Because all of what we're trying to drive uh, when we do it today is right now, like if you don't have a system like ours, you're just using paper. You only know what's happening in the restaurant you're physically standing in. But once you go from paper to an ops management platform like Ops Analytica, what you now have is uh, real-time data access to what's actually happening in your business. You can see what's happening operationally from your phone. So I can be in one location and be managing another who's having a problem simultaneously. You have all this data coming in. And so you now can see and make better decisions and hold people accountable to doing what they're supposed to do. And, and that's just the first level of it. You know, and we can take sensor data in and we're working with a robot company, but it's like we just want to get to that next level and we're actually implementing AI right now. So um, to use that to make decisions based off of all the data we're collecting. So then we can start telling people, Hey, go do this, go do that. Cause all we really want to do is fix, identify issues and fix them faster. So we irritate less customers. And if we can do that, just if we can identify faster, fix them faster and piss off less customers, then our sales are going to grow, right? And our competitors who aren't doing this are going to be like, what are they doing? Why all of a sudden are they getting them so many more locations? Why am I seeing so many more ads? Well, their sales are going up organically because they're better operators. And that's what we're, we're really pushing for because you can open a million locations, but if they're all C's, what does it do for you? You know, you're just speeding up, yeah. irritating yeah, and and the interconnection between the customer experience and the employee experience, right? We know yeah. there's so much research that the happier, more engaged employees lead to better customer experience, uh, uh, customer commitment and loyalty, et cetera. But also when you have kind of a crummy environment where it's death by a thousand cuts and customers are unhappy, what does that do for the employees that creates a negative experience for them? Right. And so their complaint, the customers are complaining. Um, they're, they're ticked off. They're frustrated uh, that. So then the line level employee ha- is the one that has to deal with that. And yep. that grates on them. That is wearing and that leads to burnout. And so it's interconnected. If we want to have, uh, you know, keep our attract and retain really great people uh, we need to empower them to, provide great top-notch service for the customers. Customers will be happy and thrilled. They'll treat the employees better. The employees will have a better experience, vice versa. And, and it just really uh, 
spirals in a positive way uh, to to create a really great overall environment for everyone involved. So I think this is fantastic. I think anytime we can utilize more data in real time to provide better experiences uh, is going to be to the benefit of every organization. And in the future of work, that's the name of the game. Well, Tommy, it has been a real pleasure. I note the time and I need to let you go here in just a minute. But before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you and find out more about your work. And then give us a final word on the topic for today. Sure. So uh, opsanalytica.com, that'll be in the show notes. My job now is to talk to people about their business, their problems, and try to figure out if my solution would be a fit to help them. So I'm dying to have conversations with people. So if you're struggling operationally, you can't get your employees to do something, you're having a hard time pulling an initiative through, you need more data, please go to opsanalytica.com, get on the chat and say, hey, I want to talk to Tommy. I heard him on the podcast. I would love to do it. You can also check me out on LinkedIn and message me or friend me. You know, I'd love to talk to anybody because that's what's really driving me right now is understanding how we can help out people in other verticals besides the restaurant space um, because I know we can and, and I look forward to meeting you. And um, so please reach out. I'm dying to talk to you. To wrap it up, the whole like the next big technological revolution in, in multi-location businesses is going to be going from paper-based systems, that's my biggest competitor, to operations management systems and start utilizing data and holding people accountable. Um, because when you do that, like I said, when you can, you can identify issues faster, you can solve them with, through process faster, and you end up irritating less customers your business is going to organically grow and you're going to, then you can start pushing your competitors around the playing field, more advertisement, better locations, better franchisees, better, more consistent growth. So this is the next thing. We've all got delivery. We've all got a POS system. We've all got an app. We now need to go back to basics and focus on how can we do the most, how can we be the best that we can consistently in every location? Wonderful. Well said, Tommy. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Tommy can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. For Digitas, this is HPE Radio, ad ID 1HPE0350000, spot title HPE, episode 2, English Radio, 15 seconds long, mixed at Harbor on October 11th, 2023. So, how do we get AI right? Well, we need the right volume of data and massive compute power. But with HPE GreenLake, we get access to supercomputing to power AI at the scale we need. Right. Search HPE GreenLake. Mm-hmm.